You're listening to the Wes and Walker Show. You know what that sounds like to me? What's it sound like? It's Wes. Sounds like any artist out there that want to be an artist, want to stay a star and don't have to worry about the executive producer being all in the videos, all in the records dancing. Come to death row. That's what that sounds like to me. And Walker. Uh, I take it by your blank expression. You might not be very familiar with that quote. Wes, I'm not going to lie to you. I have no clue what you're talking about. It's one of the most <laughs> famous in your hip-hop head. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. I I'm even knew uh, that. I'm, I'm sure you did. <laughs> Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. It's 2 o'clock on a Friday, which means Fiddy is going to play some Billy Joel. Doesn't matter if we want anything else. This is the tradition that Fiddy is going to roll with, and it's staying, damn it. It's staying. I guess he says he gets one song selection a, a week, and that's going to be what it is. <laughs> that's right. You know what? So be it, okay? Fiddy, so did it. you saw us to your playlist yet? I did not because of the weather this morning, but it is on the to-do <laughs> list. I was supposed to. St- this is how. This how we know we don't listen. Today I was supposed to start walking. Um, it's downpouring rain, therefore I couldn't walk. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Because yeah. at first it sounded like because it was raining and you were driving <laughs> no. that you can't listen to the playlist. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. No. Oh. <laughs> I thought that was the ultimate BS. Like, look, man, it's raining. I can't. Me and Walker both reacted at up. the same time. It yeah. was like simultaneous. What? This this weather really affected my AirPods, so it wouldn't work. I don't know what was going on. All right. That makes more sense, Fiddy. It makes more sense. Let's go over to the Body Works Plus guest hotline now and welcome Vashti Hurt. You can find her work on Carolina Blitz and follow her on Twitter. Sorry for the foolishness, Vashti. Carolina. I think she's here for it, by the way. I think she's here for it. <laughs> Follow her on Twitter at Ms. Carolina Blitz and Carolina Blitz on Twitter at Keep Blitzin. Vashti, how are you doing? I'm good. How are y'all? Uh, we're doing well. We appreciate you joining us. Trying to keep it in the road. Trying to. Trying to, despite all the foolishness that we are one to construct. But Vashti, I did want to ask you about your time up in Naptown this weekend, asking Dave Canales some questions. And we got to really hear him for the first time since the introductory presser, right? Like we know, okay, this is your philosophy on some things and this is what you plan to do with Bryce Young. It felt like he got a little more detailed here. I know you were asking him a couple questions as well. What stuck out to you from Dave Canales' comments up at the Combine? Yeah, I was actually pretty impressed uh, heading into Indianapolis and anybody asked me, it was kind of like, eh, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I really didn't get a gauge either way. I just knew that he was an energetic guy, seemed to be someone who was very personable. Uh, but in Indianapolis, we really got to hear him drill down in more without going into too much detail uh, regarding team or, or potential, you know, uh, ideas as far as the playbook is concerned, but just overall, his overall football philosophy. And I was just impressed with how detailed he was, uh, how he honed in on the numbers. I specifically talked to him about, or I asked him about, uh, he, w- he went on for about two minutes talking about the 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 metrics and how the quarterback has to have in his offense the quarterback has to have the ball out in 2.7 seconds that means going through all progressions and 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 ball is out um with of course a caveat for other other maybe there might be some other plays where he holds on to it longer but 
he will focus heavily with Bryce Young on getting the ball out quicker and uh, so much to the point where you can expect every practice, every play, there'll be a, a person assigned with a stopwatch to make sure that ball is out on time. And if it's not, then, then, they'll, then they'll discuss it. So that was he honed in on that. He also uh, said, I asked him about his approach to the NFL Combine. Every coach has a different approach, approach with him being a first-time head coach. Uh, you know, I was, I was curious. Uh, they've all attended, but in this capacity, this was his first time. And he was very candid with his answer, saying that, you know, my job is or my focus will be to challenge the roster in any way that I can. And he said the fact that he does not have any personal relationships with the players on the team will allow him to be uh, even more objective when, when looking at these players and, and looking at, and, and you know, uh, creating potentially a draft board heading into, into, into next month's draft. Vashti, as somebody that is there pretty much at every single event, every presser at the Combine, taking in all the comments from these head coaches. How different is it listening to Dave Canales share his offensive philosophies compared to what it was when Frank Reich took the job last year and what he was talking about at the beginning of his tenure? Well, you know, not just Frank Reich, but, but Matt Rule, uh, it's, it's, it, it's refreshing. And I don't want, you know, somebody, I got somebody mentioned in my Twitter, like, oh, y'all are drinking the Kool-Aid. no. But I know that there are differences in what I hear as someone who, who has been in on all of these press conferences with all of these coaches. And last year with Frank Wright, we got, oh, well, we're not going to tell you too much because we're going to have this dynamic offense and we're just, you know, it's going to be vanilla now, but then sparks are going to fly during the season and we never saw the sparks. Uh, and, you know, completely two completely different coaches. Uh, Canales is young, energetic but uh, is not afraid to speak in detail about, at minimum, his philosophy and, and his plans for Bryce Young. So it's, it's night and day. It's happening in Charlotte sports. <laughs> it's happening here. Y'all are tired of me talking. That's like the, the speech at the Emmys where they, they start playing the music. Wrap it up. I love it, guys. Right, we're we're going to get on our producers for that, for trying to play you off of the podium. We still want you to go back up to the microphone and share everything you have. We apologize. Still accept your award, Vashti. But no, that's, that's okay. But yeah, completely night and day. Uh, I just I also think that they're two different type of people. Uh, and this is a coach in, in Canales, and I was there for pretty much the, the last couple of years around Rivera, Matt Rule, and, and Frank Wright. He is going to be a breath of fresh air, and, and I hope what impressed me during the, the NFL Combine will translate uh, come training camp and come the season. Vasha Hurst joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, editor-in-chief of the Carolina Blitz. You can follow her platform at Keep Blitz. And then Vasha, that's what I was going to ask you. Since this is your first time on the show in a while, what were your initial thoughts of the Canales hire? And as you've been around them more, and especially being up at the Combine, are you more impressed with him and the combo of Canales and Morgan? Yeah, definitely much. He definitely impressed me at the combine so much so that I was like, okay, uh, you know how sometimes somebody starts talking and you just take a step back and you look at him differently. I'm looking at him differently uh, after after that interaction and after speaking with him. I don't I don't know if people understand, but I'll explain it. They have 
uh, at the Combine. They have podiums where they speak, and then the beat writers, those of us who are there every day, get to speak to the coaches aside. And that's where he really opened up to us uh, regarding his philosophy and, and, and kind of plans for Bryce Young and plans for the offense and the team. Uh, I haven't really gotten a great read on Dan Morgan. I think he's a guy who is more personable in smaller group settings. So I'm interested in, in potentially having that opportunity maybe during training camp. They obviously, Dan Morgan obviously played a big role in, in bringing Canales here. He saw what we saw when, um, you know, when we spoke to him aside at, at the NFL Combine. But it's interesting, you know, Dan Morgan has a lot on his plate, a lot of things he has to take care of. You know, Brian Burns, which is probably the top thing on his list and what he's going to do, he said that all options are on the table. He will be meeting with his agents this week in Indianapolis, so we'll see what they decide to do there. But um, the hope is that they'll be a great young combo uh, Morgan isn't quite as energetic as Canales, so maybe they'll be able to play off of each other uh, in that regard. Uh, but yeah, I, I was I was impressed, and and my initial my initial reaction was like, okay, whatever. Then I'm not going to front. That was to the hiring, like you know who who are who is this guy? I know there's a Tommy Davidson meme. And I was like, who is this guy? I didn't know who he was. <laughs> so uh, you know we had and that, and that that kind of you know with a newer coach, a younger coach. You have to kind of do your your research on them, and you know you're either that's one of those that's one of those decisions where you're either going to look really smart at the end of the day, or you're going to look really dumb. And and the hope is that that David Pepper and um and Dan Morgan look really smart uh, at the end of the day with this hire, hiring somebody who you know ahead of ahead of the hype. And and so and and then it's not also given. Given the state of the franchise and the reports, I don't know how what if the Panthers had a, a great deal of options either. But so far, so far after Indianapolis, I, I'm liking Dave Canales a lot more. Vasa, which positions should they be looking at the most in Indianapolis, in your opinion? Or did any of the guys who went yesterday, the defensive linemen and the linebackers, make you think that there could be a star there that they need to pursue? Well, I, you know, I don't really, and I'm going to tell you what, I, I, as, a, as a woman, I have learned, and, and I think men could do a better job with this. I stay in my wheelhouse. So I'm not looking at the combine, looking at these measurables, and looking at, like, and saying, oh, you got to go after this guy. I leave that to the professionals. I will shout out Peyton uh, Wilson for running a 4-4-4. Quite impressive. As far as what position group they should target, everything that I heard from Dave Canales, and even him speaking on the podium, he talked about the importance of having a wide receiver threat in Mike Williams last year. So you have to look at your wide receiver room. It, it, was, it was subpar last year. So you have to beef up that room. And I think that they know that uh, based on his offensive philosophy and based on the offense that he wants to run, you're going to have to have receivers that get separation, receivers that open up the field, and not just not taking – you know, four or five seconds to get separation. That 2.7 seconds, you got to make a, a double move and get downfield. So I'm looking at speed at receiver and just the ability to catch the ball. I think that they're going to have to really beef that up. And, and this is a stronger draft for receivers. 
Vashti, one more thing before we get you out of here. Just what's your philosophy on what the Panthers should do on the defensive side of the ball as you address Dan Morgan's first question, probably being surrounding Brian Burns and what you do with him, with that being an ongoing process the last couple of years. If you're the GM, Vashti, what are you doing with Brian Burns? I'm trying to keep that defense as intact as possible. And, you know, when you you return the entire defensive staff, uh, with Evero, who probably uh, I'm sure had options to go other where, other places, but was under contract with Carolina, you had to sell him on it somehow. And part of that has to be, all right, Evero, you put together this top ten defense last year despite all of the injuries, um, you know. And if I'm Evero, I'm like, all right, bro, I will stay. We're gonna work this out. But you got to give me the pieces. You got to keep as many of these guys or these core guys as possible. And I think that that's what you have to sell to him. Um, and so if 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 it ain't broke, you know, don't fix it. I think the the defense exceeded expectations. I know that there's some pieces where they're going to have to figure that out. But the core guys, the Brian Burns, I would tag him and keep him or. If you can work out something with his agent, you got to give him the bag. Uh, it's not going to be what he probably would have gotten uh, around the time where they turned down two first rounders because of his season last year. But he is still one of the better edge rushers, especially if you compliment him with another guy on the opposite end uh, in the league. You know, you got Lugu, you have Derek Brown, and J.C. Horn has to have a good season this year. Um, and an injury-free season. Uh, and so they have the pieces on defense. I, w- I would try to keep that side of the ball intact. And Canales even said that, hey, I had this I had this defense. Evero, you did what you needed to do. Let me fix the offense. So I, my expectation is they'll try to keep as many guys on that side of the ball as possible. It's great stuff as always. From Vashti Hurt, you can find her work on Carolina Blitz. Follow her on Twitter at Ms. Carolina Blitz and then the Carolina Blitz website at Keep Blitz and CarolinaBlitz.com. Go check it out. You will not regret it. Vashti, we appreciate the time as always. Thank you so much. Appreciate All it. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Good stuff, man. She's great. We always enjoy having her. And so um, good stuff on the combine. I wanted to get some college basketball. There's not enough time, man. Got five questions for the combine. I want to get some college basketball stuff too, but maybe we can bring her on and talk more college basketball because she's also covering that as well we'll take a break we got plenty more to get to it's the live wire with jd fitty marlow i think he was just jumping the gun in that last segment i think that's why we heard some sound and so he's just over preparing that's what he does yeah, that's why he's the station that's why he's jd that's why he's the guy d stands for dynamic stands for dynamic <laughs> <laughs> there's the grunt i want that played 17 times find out if we hit that quota next Welcome back to Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I saw a tweet from Dylan Powell who keeps asking all these just fun, nostalgic sports questions. And he asked this one, Wes, name a trade from sports history that you knew you hated the moment it was announced. So you can answer that on the FanDuel text line 704-570-9610. I have one that immediately comes to mind. Naming a trade in sports history that I knew I immediately hated the moment it was announced. I was on the air when this came through at the NBA trade deadline. It was the Miles Plumley trade. It was when the Charlotte Hornets sent out Roy Hibbert and Spencer Hawes for Miles Plumley just starting 
a four-year, $50 million contract at $12.5 million annually. I think he was somebody that signed once the market exploded in 2016 offseason that allowed all these players to get crazy money, the Mozgov money, the Luau Dang money, right? Miles Plumley, $12.5 million per year, four years, 50 mil. Rich Cho at the deadline decides to get off of Roy Hibbert's money, which wasn't really all that much at the time. It didn't have many more years left. And uh, Spencer Hawes to go get Miles Plumley. It was, I, I was asked, make sense of this trade for me, Walker. Can you do so? And I remember on air being like, I can't do it. I can't make sense of this. I have zero clue. And what that turned into was trying to dump that salary as much as you possibly could. And in the process, trading for Dwight Howard because the Atlanta Hawks didn't want Dwight Howard. So that actually started some kind of chain of events for you actually having Dwight Howard on this team. And I think it, it might've ended with like Bismack Biombo. That's the one though. That's the one going for Miles uh, Plumlee. Yeah. Immediately the first one that comes to mind because most of the teams I trade for made pretty good moves, but uh, definitely being a, the giant Laker fan I was once upon a time before LeBron came, uh, it was definitely when they traded Shaq. Uh, you know, oh, when they traded the Shaq Miami to the Heat. Trade. Yeah, that... That hurt, man, because you felt it coming. It was like, you know, getting a whooping. You know it's coming because you had a bad day of school or whatever the case may be, and that was the thing with Shaq. You could just see it coming, and then once it finally hit, you knew that there was going to be no more Kobe and Shaq, and you were going to be in for some lean seasons. That sucked. <laughs> well, that, so it was tough until you guys got Gasol. And yeah, then and once you, you got back. Gasol, you felt good. Like, that was a great trade. I was like, all right. I knew it immediately. That in that trade, Kemp right? Did Lamar Odom Lamar come Lamar Odom did okay. come over in that something. trade because they got Karan Butler as yeah. well. So they got a decent haul. But mm -hmm. it's still, you knew you were in for some lean years with Kobe just out there chucking. Ke uh, Kevin and Charlotte says the DJ Moore trade. I mean, yeah, I, I, I like DJ Moore as much as anybody, but that's not one. Immediately when it happened, Kevin, you thought that? Like, okay, I guess just not a huge fan of whoever it was going to be as that number one pick. So Kevin and Charlotte says the DJ Moore trade. You can tell us again. FanDuel text line 704-570-9610. We got another one, 704, saying Jason Hayward getting traded was the worst one for me. Favorite short-lived Brave. Yeah, I remember watching his first at-bat home run off Carlos Zambrano. Bye. Jason Hayward was that dude coming up through the minor league. Oh, yeah, I remember he had a lot of gas. He did. He did. All right. Speaking of somebody else that has a lot of gas. This <laughs> <laughs> comes from Pop-Tarts and McDonald's. <laughs> Let's go to the live wire with J.D. Is it coming? I, what am I supposed to say? I Look. mean, you have a lot of things going on right now. You're in a tussle on the text line with Jonathan. Oh, you had a soundbite go on during the Vashti Heard interview. I just called you gassy. I get it. You got a lot of things going on. So you also have another segment to get ready for. I'm giving you some grace here, man. You got a lot going on. Uh, yeah, it's too gassy. Last week you called me dumb. This week you called me gassy. We'll see what next week's... Uh, Insult Walker has in store for me. <laughs> uh, okay. So we led off the show on Monday. We didn't lead off the show, but this was a topic on Monday about Cam Newton getting into a little bit of a tussle at his seven all and seven. Well, Cam has a platform. He has a podcast. You knew it was going to come up. And today he took the time to issue an apology. 
I would expect so. I mean, God. I think Cliff's a heck of a coach. I, I really do. Oh, I mean, um, wow. I, I think this is. Was... I think he's. This is Chuck Knobloch right here. <laughs> my, my guy has the yips behind the microphone. It's a tough one. <laughs> he just needs to make it to the win. I just want you to know during this time, we love you. And we are not at all going to be thinking how we want to make the Shroppy appearance on Tuesday permanent. Yeah, come on, Fiddy. We all, all right. have our days. We all have our simple. This is the first time that's happened with Fiddy where he's played yep. the wrong soundbite, if I'm not mistaken. Come on, baby. Let's reset it, Fiddy. Let's reset let's it. it. Go ahead. Time now for the Live Wire with Josh Fiddy Marlowe. What you got, Fiddy? And we're going to start with Cam Newton. <laughs> not Bobby Marks apologizing for Cam Newton, but Cam nope. Newton apologizing for himself after what happened at a 7-on-7 seven on sam- uh, seven seven camp last week. I think about the kids who look up to me and also <laughs> whether they verbalize their appreciation or just stare in amazement. I feel like I let them down mm. because I can't sit up there and say, hey, bro, you got to be bigger than that. And then all of a sudden I do that. And that just goes to show you, you got to always stay in control of your emotions. And that's where the humanistic side came in. There. There's no excuse. It's, it's really not. It could have been a melee. More violence could have stemmed from that. Yeah, anything. And it, it, it's just not called for. And on top of that, it's echoing something that's been permeating for years. Black people. Mm-hmm. Why I got to be at a black event? You know what I'm saying? And I could easily say, damn, like, I can play the victim. And I'm not going to do that. I'm going to hold myself to that same standard, bro. Wes, you uh, you almost went to the foul line on Monday. You when when, when talking about this event, what did you think of uh, Cam Newton's apology? Well, I did go to the foul line. Did we go foul line? Yeah, yeah we, we did. did. God, but it's... no, it's all good, man. But no, uh, Cam was one hundred percent right. I gotta respect uh, as we have what's the coach uh, Steve Spurrier back there behind the producer board. It's all good, Fitty. Come on, baby, get it together. All right, we good. But uh, he just slapped his headphones. Yeah, Cam Newton. You can't take it, man. Yeah, Cam Newton. Uh, I, I respect everything he had to say right there because he did not try to play the victim there. He took accountability for his actions, and he did show that hey, you can't, uh, you know, let the words of guys get to you to the point where you act like that in public. Because especially for guys polarizing as Cam Newton, uh, that's going to stick with you. And we've heard back and forth. Uh, we've heard the guys from the other camps saying that Cam provoked a lot of this with the trash talk and things of that nature. And and yeah, so Cam's probably going to have to tone down his behavior uh, at some of these seven-on-seven camps. But he took responsibility. He said, hey, I'm not going to be the victim here, which may, you know, let you know that maybe he feels a little bit like I might have had a little bit to do in stirring this thing up. But also he talked about what could have come of that because anything could have happened. It could have gotten way worse than what it did. So thankfully it only went to the extent that it did. And it was broken up, and then everybody else could go on with the rest of their day. But Cam, uh, I thought there was some accountability there by him. We've heard that a couple of times now on his podcast, where even the jumping on the fumble thing, when he addressed that, it was the—I don't know if it was the first time that we have heard him address it, but certainly with it's this first kind time of, I could remember. Well, first and first time with this platform, at least, because I'm with yeah. you. I didn't hear anything beforehand. But he said, look, I could try to tell you what was going on in my brain at that time, but people would use it as an excuse. And they might even be right. So I'm just going to tell you I should have jumped on it, and I didn't. And that was what I should have done, taking accountability for it. So it feels like Cam has done that. He's got that down. And that's a that's a big skill. That's a big thing for people. They want you to own your mistake if you make one. We've seen that a lot with the head coaches here in Carolina not being held accountable, and fans hate it. Cam Newton doing that a couple times. And I don't even know if he should be, to be honest with you. I just don't know enough about the situation. But he's doing it anyway. 
and kudos to Cam Newton. What else you got, Fitty? All right, now we're going to get to that Bobby Marks sound, the ESPN front office insider. He joined us yesterday to talk about a multitude of topics, including if he expects Steve Clifford to be back with the Hornets for next season. I would expect so. I mean, I think Cliff's a heck of a coach. I, I really do. I mean, um, I, I think certainly what we've seen a little bit before the deadline, I mean, before the All-Star break and, and the games since, um, I know there's been some lopsided games um, in, in, the last, in the last couple of games here, but I'd love to see what Cliff can do with, with NBA talent. I mean, that, that's what, uh, you know, and I think he can do a lot of good things here. And I think it's just a matter of kind of what the vision of how long this is going to take. Um, is it going to be two years or three years? Um, maybe you get lucky in the lottery and maybe, you know, you're, you're where Oklahoma City was a, a couple of years ago and you're not that far away here. So, you know, because there is a relationship there, I think um, I would I would say that, there, there, you know, I don't want to talk for Jeff, but I would think there was there is a good chance that, you know, at least for the next year, you kind of, you know, you, you have that working relationship and you can see Cliff with, um, you know, with a little bit of a different lineup. So we've seen Cliff with NBA talent. He's a average maybe slightly above average head coach. Oh, wow. That's the nice thing you ever said about him. Walker, <laughs> as someone that covers this team day in, day out, w- would you be worried about retaining Steve, Steve Clifford standing in the way of a full organizational reset, which feels needed with new ownership and a new president of basketball operations? I'd be okay with it. I think I would Is he rat- good enough, though, for you to not make the move and make wholesale changes across the board? Because I think that answer is no. He's never won a playoff series. To be, to, be fair, that, to be fair, there's nothing in his resume holding you back from firing him. To be fair, I don't think he is the best, and therefore, like, oh, man, we can't get rid of this guy. Plenty of reasons, if you wanted to, that you could point to to move on from. I think his relationship with the players matters. I think the fact that he has the right types of philosophies at the forefront matters, where even last night... He was talking about setting a winning culture is really important that we can't just play whoever instead of Brandon Miller just so he can avoid the rookie wall because those players didn't earn that kind of time. And if we're this old school, if we have this old school type of mentality, earn your minutes, grind, play defense, play physically. Steve Clifford wants that those very same things. And defensively, here they are again playing better. I know in the first half it was rough, but 111 to Milwaukee, has been very good offensively this year and there's just nothing you can do against Giannis I what are you going to do they were getting the most efficient shots in basketball corner threes Giannis at the rim they don't have anything to compete with that Lamelo's not playing like I it's going to be tough to win these types of games against that competition and I expect them to get beat by Philly tonight but when you play teams that are play in or worse Charlotte has taken advantage of those squads and I don't think that's a small thing you say we've seen Clifford with NBA talent before the best team we've seen him roster-wise with, he got to a seven-game series. And you're right, bar's low. I'm not going to deny that. But they took Dwayne Wade toe-to-toe. Seven-game series against them, having a 3-2 lead, big deal. In the last couple of years, it's gone horribly wrong. Injury luck has been terrible for this team. Just That's a fact. That can't be disputable. It's a fact that their injury luck has been terrible. That's what Bobby Marks is talking about. He would like to see Steve Clifford get to the other side of this. Hopefully injury luck is okay. Just normal. Just normal injury luck. And then you can see where Brandon Miller, a healthy LaMelo Ball, healthy Mark Williams. Where can those guys take you? at the leadership of Steve Clifford. Yeah, and I know I've said on this show all the time, and I still stick by it, that I want to see Coach Clifford and see what he can do with a healthy roster at full strength. Uh, The only way I I could justify it really is if you do want to 
be on the usher in a new era type of time. If you're like, hey, you know, we're going to clean this thing out. We got a new GM. We're, we're trying to do renovations. We got new guys on the roster, yada, yada, yada. If you want to bring in a new guy for the sake of cleaning house, you better get it right. But I could understand that one. But I still would like to see what Coach could do uh, with this team because I think he, just for some reason, I think he's the right coach for this kind of city. Like I said, a market where we're not going to be able to get the marquee coaches or the marquee players or things of that nature. A guy that can really coach the hell out of guys and give them a good roster and see what he can do with it. And I think that he can make uh, a decent amount of success out of a competent, talented group of guys. And I think that, you know, after a little bit more offseason tweaking with what we saw at the trade deadline, get LaMelo back, get him healthy. Brandon Miller coming back another year, seasoned. Miles Bridges and the crew. I think he can do something. I, I know this sounds simple. I I view him almost in the mold of a Frank Vogel type of coach because that guy is more defensive-minded as well with how he built those Indiana teams. The Lakers won a championship built off of defense. That's how they won that thing. And Steve Clifford is certainly a defensive-minded coach, but I think he could do really well with stars. Like if he's he's a coach to me that is more of a player coach where we can go back to that player's poll and players said they love playing for him. Now, some said they didn't like playing for him, but I think that's probably an accountability factor, right? He's going to be hard on some of those younger players to try to get the best out of them, but the stars love him too. Kevin Durant loves himself some Steve Clifford, where Jeff Peterson also recruited KD and spent some time with Steve. I think he's one of those guys that if he got a lot of talent, then he could do better than your average coach because of some of the pillars that he's about to steal a phrase from James Borrego. I would love to see. I just want to see it. I would love to see that experiment and see what he could do. What else you got, Fiddy? All right. So yesterday we played some audio of Mad Dog Russo ripping into David Tepper after after he raised prices on Panther fans. There's also some audio from the Mad Dog we have to play. During his visit with First Take, he was listing the five toughest sports to play, and this one's going to surprise you. Number Give it to me. What? Thank you. This is an impossible sport to play because it's a it requires finesse and ability to skate and all those things. Don't laugh. Curling. I don't even know what that is. Mad dog. I don't even know what that is. Oh my god. That's when you play. Oh what even is that? It's no. like it's, it's shuffleboard no. on ice. No. It's shuffleboard on ice. Oh this my sport goodness. is it's an Olympic sport, which is something. Here it is. That's curling. Like what? That, oh the balance really? that it takes, and the fact you gotta you gotta keep the eyes. Look at the big crowd. That is oh a, it's a disc, That Lord. is a hard sport. Oh that is number four. Curling? You've never curled. How do yes, you know I it's have. hard? I told you, oh did all these sports. You so curl? Yes, I Where have. Where did you curl? Tell me right now. I'll call your wife. I'll FaceTime her on national TV. And, <laughs> and I'm going to have yeah. to tell me what. When I curl. Give me your phone. You know I got a number. In Vancouver. You know I got a number. Give me your FaceTime right now. Keep going. FaceTime her, Steven. Mall, big curling fan. During the Winter Olympics, that's the one sport that she watches. Also, why does Stephen A. have Mad Dog's wife's number in his phone? What did you make of curling, Walker, being the fourth toughest sport to play? I believe that Mad Dog has curled before because even we've talked about this, I think, a long time, like in the early days of the official Weston Walker, maybe mm -hmm. even so much to where... I talked about how they have the curling yeah. um, place right. I of Statesville. I, I believe that he's curled before because there's enough of those venues out there to where you can find something in the city, no doubt. So even if he were to, even if they were to FaceTime Mad Dog's wife, I think she would probably confirm that. 
it feels like it wouldn't be harder than some of these other sports. But it feels like I'm disrespecting curling by saying that. Look, man, it's amazing the pinpoint precision in which they yeah, it looks very skillful. slide those rocks all the way to the target point. I, I guess it would be hard to land it on the target, which is the point of the sport. I just, I can tell you, I. it feels like it would be harder to gain a yard or gain three yards as a ball carrier in the NFL or even score a bucket than it would be to potentially one time, like, knock a couple of rocks loose or put it on the target. But I don't know. This is very ignorant Walker speaking about curling. Yeah, I mean... And picking the toughest sport, it was extremely difficult. I happened to be at the barbershop at the time while we were talking about it and it broke into a discussion <laughs> where we were trying to figure out what we thought was the toughest sport. And um, But curling, it does look like it involves a high amount of skill. Obviously, it's lacking the physicality of other sports, but there are some sports that need a high amount of skill level. But I don't know. Maybe we need to go out there to the curling center. That's what I, we need. Off of it. Statesville and try it out for ourselves. I'd love to do that, and I may work on trying to set that That'd up. That'd be great. So his top five list includes football five, curling four, okay, tennis, golf, and baseball. Okay. Are you offended, Walker, that basketball isn't on the list? No. Because Stephen A. always says he thinks basketball is the hardest, or he says that they're the most gifted athletes that he watches play sports, which I, especially today's NBA player, I, I disagree with. Whoa. Um, you think you think athletes have gotten worse over time in the NBA? No, I, I just, I, I don't think that I'm as impressed. Mainly because they sit out every other night. You think okay, Bob? but that's that's completely different than athletic prowess. But I mean, athletic prowess should mean you're durable enough to play 82 nights, play back to backs when you're not you know pri- flying on private chartered planes and having the world class trainers and medicine staff at your at your disposal. Yeah. I agree with you on that. But as far as caliber athlete, I mean, the, the NBA athlete is as good as it's ever been now. Fiddy and saying, from a skill level standpoint. Fiddy is saying the caliber of athlete is not the same as when Lenny Rosenbluth was playing exactly. basketball. Well, when they were going to the soda. Back to that age conversation, like if, if, if the players are better than ever, why is the product worse? No, because for one, the rules have us. affected a lot of what can be done offensively so the offense is at an all-time high but when you talk to skill level these players finish stop it Luka Doncic KD you put them back in the 90s with them players man stop it Don't, look, we're not even going to do this today with them <laughs> with those players that might have two guys on the court at a time they could shoot the basketball remember you didn't live through the 90s basketball I did you might have two guys on the court who can shoot a three now there's five come on man get out of here I mean yeah you put KD in the 90s always do do you know what he's doing? Losing Averaging it. 45. Losing in the second round to MJ. Trying to have who, who, who's the guy? Losing John, in the second John, round to Charles. John Concack trying to guard KD. Man, get I, out I of love, here. I love that this week John Concack has been referenced twice. <laughs> <laughs> That's what yeah, kind of week it's on, been man. for Wes and Walker. Uh, golf is the, I mean, baseball, yeah. If you're successful 30% of the time, you're a Hall of Famer. That's one argument for baseball. Totally get it. Golf is, I mean. It depends on your definition. That's why. You don't so think golf hard. is hard? Oh, no, I do. Yeah, that's oh, what I'm saying. That's why it's so hard. hard. Yeah, you talk about whether you want to talk about skills where you sports where you need to be extremely skilled or extremely precise and things of that nature or physicality. So it just depends on what your definition of that is. 
All right, I did ask, what was a trade that happened that you immediately knew it was bad? Like in sports history, when a trade came across the timeline or the bottom line on ESPN, what made you feel, oh man, this is going to go horribly wrong? We had a few answers on the FanDuel text line, 704-570-9610. 252 said Blake Griffin to Detroit. I hated it. I did too. Stan Van Gundy being in charge of basketball decisions and being the head coach thought that was a desperate move miguel from charlotte saying uh letting agent 89 walk was tragic not a trade but still i know a lot of people were frustrated son of suede or swede said trading kobe bryant if i was the charlotte hornets i would have kept his rights yeah i mean that was just kind of the decision as to why you drafted him anyway andrew norwell's agent was thinking i met mason plumley instead of miles plumley and i said no in fact the hornets have traded for both plumleys once they trade for Marshall, they will have completed the Trinity. But they traded for Miles and Mason. And finally, uh, Uber Steve said, not a Nets fan, but I knew when the Nets traded for Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett, they were headed down a dark path. And man, that one was a tough one to come back from, no doubt about it. One more segment to go. It's the week that was with J.D. Fiddy Marlowe, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Remember, you can catch all of our content on the website, WFNZ.com. Very simple. Just go to the website and then just go to the Wesson Walker podcast tab. All of the best of hours, best of segments, interviews, guests that hopped on, Bash Die Hurt today, Merrill Hodge, and three questions that we asked him yesterday. You also have Bobby Marks talking about Steve Clifford and Bobby's expectation that Clifford We'll be back next year as the Charlotte Hornets head coach. We had a lot of good content this week. So, again, WFNZ.com, Wes and Walker podcast tab. Time now to end the week like we always do with the week that was. All right, guys. Try not to throw my headset during uh, this segment. Got scary fitting on that one. So <laughs> um, I forget which day of the show it was. We went down the rabbit hole of talking about our pets that have human names. And during the break, Walker told us what he named one of his fish. <laughs> Didn't get the response from us off yeah. the air. Thought he would get the response on the air, and it wasn't much other, wasn't much different. Fiddy was asking me, okay, well, hold on. If these people are telling us their pets' names, then what's your fish's names? Like, do they have many? And I've got a few fish that have names that they're going to be long-lasting. And I have one fish where the species is called a hillstream loach. And so because it's a loach, I said his name is Petey. Because of Petey Pobloach. <laughs> I like it. You That's guys real. are haters. And both of you were like, wow. Yeah. Both you guys didn't like that. I mean, it's, I a, it's, it. it's a little bit of a stretch, but it still has a little bit of a ring to it. I'm rolling with a hey, Petey, and he's the ruler of the tank, too. So I like I like me some Petey. Petey Pobloach. You guys like, y'all are haters, man. Petey Pobloach is the truth. <laughs> That's a great name. Listen, you know anything that Petey Pablo's on. I, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of it, but, you know, still, I got a lot of love for Petey. I also have a scarlet baddest as a fish. Oh, no. A scarlet <laughs> baddest. I never even heard of that. Yeah. Scarlet baddest um, because of Joey Badass. Um, I named him Joey. 
Okay. I see where you're going. That's that's sympathy. Don't and, and we'll get we're gonna move on. All right, Fitty, save <laughs> me from myself. Pete Pabloch is good. Y'all are haters. What's the biggest fish you have? Y'all are haters. Uh just bought a new zebra pleco. And how big is that? Like you're such a nerd. <laughs> like three inches, not very big. Okay. Nano fish. That's what I specialize in, Wes. Keep it together, Fitty. All right, Fitty, what you got? Um <laughs> Wes. I know that sounds familiar to you. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Emphasis on I guess Nano. that'll make it next week. That'll be on next week's uh, week that was. It's tough. <laughs> I'm glad Fitty's laughing about it after the last couple of segments he's had, too. It's good to see him. He back needed that. I'm glad I could bring that to him. Um, wow. Regroup, buddy. It's not true. Anyway, um, so as as usually is the case, when when Willie P shows up, chaos does ensue. And we had the voice of Charlotte FC in studio on Wednesday talking about Walker's experience at the Charlotte FC game. And oh, no, she's listening. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Go oh, ahead no, and Fitty, get down on one knee, baby, because Willie P problem. put the pressure on you. You're Look, I'm a bit of a Goldilocks when it comes to the temperature. I can deal with it, but I was told hot, I was told your wife handled it a lot better than you did. She did. She did. Um, and I was not, not your wife, your girlfriend. I'm sorry. Well, that's okay. I, uh, I, I took I took some liberties there. I'm sorry. That's all right. What's that happening, by the way? All right, let's move on. Really? Really, I'm trying to. I'm trying Seriously? To we can My move bad. on to the temperature. This girl's never been me? more tuned in, and she was just then. I think she's. She. I'm gonna get a text here in a moment. Either she's. Either. <laughs> either her senses are tingling right now, or she's listening and then texting me. But either way, I'm going to receive a text. All right, Walker. You said that your girlfriend you, you, was listening. What do you? What do you have to say? She's Dang, the one. Fitty, that's. I mean, what's it? Yeah. You know what? I double down on what. Come on, set your man. Whatever you got going on, you specialize in nano too. Okay, that's what you specialize in. You talking about setting a man up, putting him on the firing line? I love you, baby. Okay, that's what I got to say. That's what I got to say. You know what? uh, You could have said, ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Damn it! Fitty, it has Stella, been when rough, you do dirt, dog. you get dirt. Ain't that right? It is. Ain't that it, right, Walt? So you wanted to go Merrill Hodge grunt. Yeah, That's I've had him sitting there all day. Uh, all I got was freezing face emojis from... God, can you imagine how Fitty yeah. sounds when Carolina's losing those leads? Yeah. Oh, you, don't wanna, you don't want to hear. No. I don't. don't. We do not. We do not. All right. Um, this is going to be a very awkward transition, <laughs> but such is the awkward transition here, as I did want to bring something up to uh, everybody and make sure everybody was aware of it, because as you guys know, you know, Mark from Gastonia, he's going through it. I wanted to share a little bit here at the end of the show today to devote some time to him, because I think we've talked about this a lot when we try to build this show. Like if you wanted to dissect radio, figure out what makes it successful, I think a bunch of people would get a bunch of different answers. I think hot takes, call-ins, funny sound bites, calling Fiddy a specialty of a nano type of thing. I think all of that hmm. makes a good radio show, and I think all of that's true. I also think when it comes to making a good station and a show, I think what most people can agree on is it starts by building a community and constructing something people want to be a part of. It's why you guys are the very backbone of what we are able to do here at WFNZ. And if you create an environment where people show up when needed, then you have something special. And I think that's what's happening right now. And so for those that don't know what a P1 is, P1s are basically listeners who listen to one particular station more than anything else. 
And they're the very pillars of the community, if you will. And so when I started doing shows at WFNZ back in August, and then me and Wes got this show, like I knew it was clearly the number one sports station. I knew it was popular, wildly popular. Like I got what it was. That was a huge reason why I wanted to work here in the first place, being a radio host. I still didn't realize the fierce loyalty that had been bred by the station for so many years, talking sports and sharing laughs with so many people in Charlotte. Like there is a fierce loyalty behind the station compared to many others here in Charlotte. You guys, our listeners, you allow us to come in and enjoy the hell out of what we do because we all get the inside joke. We all get to experience even something very similar, even if it means different takeaways. And we all show up when we're needed. And our listeners have taken it on the chin this year, man. It's been hard to see the great officer Jim passing away after turning in, tuning in to damn near every show. That hurts because we build relationships with these people. Casey Steve going through it, going through some pain because of the parade shootings out in Kansas City. He reaches out and thanks us for helping him get through it. I want to make it clear, though, we're the thankful ones. And that's real. We're thankful for such a tight community, and one of our own needs some help right now And Mark from Gastonia. He's the crazy neighbor. He's the crazy neighbor in the chicken costume with the Batmobile and the high-pitched voice, and we love him for it. And he's not doing so well. He needs all the prayers. He needs all the good vibes that we can send to him, and this is what we do as a community. To be clear, you guys have already shown up for Mark in huge ways on social media. I'm just being a conduit for more of that. Just letting him know how much we're thinking about him. This is what gives you the goosebumps. That sense of family is real. And so when we do this, we just want to make sure that we use the very airwaves that he helped us on to reciprocate some of that love that he's been so kind to give us. And we give that back to him in return. And I don't know if you guys have seen this on Twitter. Charlie Ward, Paul Feinbaum, like Heisman winners. Mouth of the South and Paul Feinbaum, Greg Olson, those guys have already sent their well wishes, but I bet the sheer volume of Charlotte's support as a whole means the world to him as well. T-Bone, I know, is hurting right now, too, who's developed a particularly close relationship with Mark, and he's making sure all of these messages are heard. And so from, from what I can tell, Mark is still checking his Facebook. He's still checking his Twitter. He's on Twitter, at Mark Baker. 6060 at Mark Baker 6060. If you want to send a message, I know he appreciates it. He's a WFNZ legend. That's not me saying that. That's so many other listeners saying what a WFNZ legend he is. And in his own weird way, like a Charlotte sports legend. That's Mark from Gastonia. So many people know him. We couldn't do it without y'all. And Mark was out in front as much as anybody supporting the station, supporting the city of Charlotte, the sports scene, all of it. Mark, we're pulling for you like hell, man. And we'll even get that jersey swap in sometime soon that we talked about. But we're in it for you. And we appreciate your time. We appreciate every listener here. And Mark from Gastonia is certainly no different. This is the time that we usually come together and help people out. It's Weston Walker I'm Sports well Radio. Said, I appreciate it's, it's real, man. I know you feel the same. I know yeah. you feel the same. We get we get very close relationships with these people that allow us to do what we do. And Mark from Gastonia is out at the forefront of all of this. And so we appreciate everybody. Stick around. Kyle Bailey coming up next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend.